the recording device, and cassette players of the era were set up with little emphasis on high-fidelity sound. They were used mainly for dictation in office and professional work. Sound quality and reproduction were not great, and certainly nowhere near as good as vinyl records, so early attempts to sell pre-recorded music cassettes were not a big success. But the companies behind the format kept on tweaking and improving it, and once chromium dioxide tape and Dolby sound reduction were introduced, the music cassette became a viable format to rack alongside LPs and 8-track cartridges in record shops. The real catalyst to global domination, however, was the invention in the late 1970s of the Sony Walkman. This portable device, not much bigger than a cassette itself, allowed people to listen to music on the move. As a result, during the 1980s, the cassette overtook vinyl to become the most popular music format in the world. The other major reason for its success was the fact that you could record pretty much anything you wanted onto a blank cassette. Whether it be a mixtape for your girlfriend, the best bits of the Top 40 chart show, where the skill was to start and stop recording at just the right point to avoid taping the DJ, or just personal reflections, it was a way to preserve audio that had not been available in the home before. And it was this element that, in my opinion, changed the world. Take the punk movement, for example. The whole DIY music philosophy was able to thrive because bands could record songs in their garage, duplicate them, knock up dodgy photocopied covers, and distribute to friends, journalists, and inevitably John Peel. Peel's legendary radio show broadcast the debuts of countless bands, the vast majority of which sank without trace but a select few went on to create music that influenced the generations that followed. And all of these bands, at least during the 70s and 80s, got their first play on his show by sending in a demo tape. Former communist countries were able to listen to Western music via tapes recorded from the radio or smuggled in from outside, their small size much easier to hide than 12-inch records. Outlawed political and religious movements used cassettes to spread their messages, Audiobooks, already a popular format in their own right, became more freely available, and finally brought the joys of books to many blind children and adults who could not read or get access to Braille editions. Cassette tapes were also the original format for software on early home computers. The in-car cassette player only increased their popularity. Most cars had radios installed as standard for some time. A few came with 8-track cartridge players, but the tape deck brought pre-recorded music to the daily commute or boring motorway journey. They really were everywhere. Huge dump bins, as they were known in the trade, of blank tapes were on sale in every record shop and electrical store. You could buy many different types, both in terms of recording quality and recording length. The most popular formats were C60, 30 minutes each side, C90, 45 minutes each side, and C120. You get the idea. But there was a myriad of other versions ranging from C15, for answer phones and dictaphones, to C240, which were crap and kept getting chewed up. You could use them time and time again, and even the pre-recorded ones could be taped over. We have all at one point or another nicked mum's Ackerbilk best of, stuck a bit of sellotape over the corner, just in time to record the best bits of the top 40. Despite its success, the format was not without its problems.
the most troubling of which, for the music industry at least, was the explosion of piracy. Suddenly, any Tom, Dick or Harry could make a cheap recording of a record and sell it, or pass it on for free. And piracy did indeed become a big problem, with huge networks of crooks reproducing best-selling albums on tape in bulk and selling them at market stalls, in pubs and out of the back of lorries. Many did attempt to make the finished item look legit, but the majority of pirated tapes coming out of the Far East were, to coin a phrase, well dodgy. While the millionaire record executives did attempt to clamp down on this illegal black market, they also tried to scare the people at home with their staggeringly unsuccessful Home Taping is Killing Music campaign, featuring a cassette skull and crossbones. Their point, and they did have one, was that every time you taped a copy of the new Madness album to give it to your mate, there was a few quid that didn't...